Hola, guerreras. This is uh, Giles Blake of the Painter Files podcast. <laughs> uh, this is episode 88. Wow. We're really kind of like racking these things up. It's just kind of crazy. I, I never thought that I would get it this far. I, I didn't really envision it as something that was kind of getting towards 100. Like, that's just wild. There's very few things that I've, I've ever really thought of that I've managed to kind of follow with such consistency. I've done lots of paintings, mind you, and I've done lots of YouTube videos, but the YouTube videos didn't really have kind of, some were just kind of off and, off and kind of wild and crazy. But uh, these these have a bit more, they're, they're actually about me, you know? It's, it's a little crazy uh, to think that I've, I've kept this going and I've had you guys here this whole time. That's just my genshi, my galeras, my, my people. It's just, uh, it's, it's just wild, you know? <laughs> it's just wild. All right. So, I know the last couple of episodes have been kind of on a down point. I, I would say I apologize, but it's an honest feeling and I, I really wanted to express it with you. I wanted you to know that, like, this is my space. This is where the honesty comes out. And so it is its own kind of... Uh, there's this commercial, there's this joking commercial about sensitive boys where they whisper secrets into wells. <laughs> and it's very funny, but this is kind of what that is for me. This is my sensitive boy well, so... Enjoy the well. It's so crazy. Doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. This is, uh, this is that place. So, but this will be a much more uplifting, uh, optimistic podcast. I've, I think I got, I got all my feelings out in the last couple. So, I mean, there's still problems in the world. We still have racism. We still have sexism. We still have homophobia. We still have xenophobia we still there's a lot of phobias we've got all these things and it's hate and it's it's not necessary the world goes together so much better when when you just you don't have to love everything but you have to at least show everything a bit of a respect i think if you're actively being a dick you're kind of you're you're purposely draw, drawing negativity into your life which you don't have to do, honestly. Like, that is an effort. That is an actual effort. So, to give you a rundown of what I've done all day, uh, slept in a cat pile, because Mochi, Tom, and the biggest cat, Mole the dog, have all been sleeping on me most of the day while I was playing my Nintendo Switch, which I love. <laughs> my Switch Lite. Um, which is a not, I'm glad I got it. Like, I was worried at first when I got it. I was like, ah, I'm just spending money on shit I don't need. And then as time went by, I'm really happy that I ended up getting it. Because, like, there was a stress that I had that I hadn't quite... That I had not quite come to... I don't know what these guys are doing. That I hadn't quite come to... Uh, come to grips with so I needed to like let that go and so playing like little kind of 
Mario Kart and stuff like that really kind of made me feel a lot better. And I'm happy for it. I'm genuinely happy for it. And I've been playing all these like weird little indie games that are like extra sensitive boy type games. <laughs> that are like these weird, like weird, weird little indie games like Gris and stuff like that. My funny thing was someone asked me a while back, I'd love to see your, your yard style in a video game system, in a video game. And I'm like, me too. Who do you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know anybody. And I was like, mm, neither do I, honestly. Uh, but that would be cool, though. I'm not really sure how much work goes into that. That seems like that is a lot of work, though. I gotta be honest, like, to create a whole world, even if it's, like, a very short game, like, that's, like, two years, typically, worth of work for people to do little, like, indie stuff. Or ten years, even, in some cases. So it's just... Wow, that's a lot. That's just a lot. I don't know. And then I've got all my commission work and all that stuff. And that's that's really cool. But, you know, it's a lot of work. So I'm trying to figure it all out. But it's coming together. I'm deciding to record this. Start recording the podcast about a week in advance. Because the last weeks I've had kind of a hard time putting them out on time. So this shall be set up through the series of many days. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the episode. Two things I've noticed. One, recording through the mask actually works kind of like having a fuzzy mic cover because you can't actually hear the puffs and the buffs, the pops and the bops as they go, the inhales and the exhales. So that's kind of cool. Two, I've really just fallen completely in love with, re-fallen in love, I guess is the right phrase, with a lot of jazz music. You know what I mean? You ever really just loved jazz music? You should. It's pretty great. So yeah, just re-listening to like Coltrane and Dizzy and Herbie, a little bit of Miles, not as much Miles, Miles kind of jackass, his music was really good, but he was kind of a jerk. It's so funny to me how like, I keep hearing all these people use the phrase cancel culture. And it's just kind of interesting because my concept of it was your jerk. And so I'm not going to give you any financial backing. I don't really see a problem with that. <laughs> People act like assholes all the time. And then we choose not to spend our money on them. And that's it. There have been all these people who've been coming out prematurely before information could come about them making some horrendous mistake in their lives where they've either committed a crime and nothing has happened or they have done something incredibly racist and nothing happened and so culture has decided although you cannot be held accountable via all our laws you can still be held accountable via the court of public opinion and it's just funny because I'm hearing all these people 
get super mad about people having to deal with that. And it trips me out because it's like, well, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you have to deal with the opinion process of of these things? Like, life, life has consequences. And more importantly, there's so many of us who don't get second chances. So why should these people get second chances just because they are essentially rich assholes. Now, the theory behind it is, that I've heard, is instead of perpetuating the one strike and you're out idea, we should as a society start forgiving people and letting people make mistakes and move on. Which I'm for in a lot of big ways, but I want it to be equal. I don't want it to just be people that people like to see in movies being the only people who ever get to live that life. Because you look at like, you look at like these young kids who go to jail forever and they don't get that. They, I saw this story a couple days ago of this man who was an older gentleman, actually, who had been arrested in 1960 for stealing nine dollars. Nine dollars. Say it one more time. Nine dollars. And had to go to jail, and is still in jail to this day because the old black man, he was a young black man when he went to jail, so, society did not believe that in the head. And you look at a Brock Turner, who recently went to jail, or who was going to go to jail for the rest of his life, for raping a young girl behind a dumpster. And the judge gave him leniency, and he only had to go to, I think he only had to go to jail for like six months, maybe. And that's trash. So... My opinion is, we're allowed to hold people in contempt via society. You don't have to call it cancel culture. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But if you decide to do something horribly racist or repugnant, we're allowed to judge you. And we're allowed to hold you responsible. And I don't think that's a... I, I get that some people call that cancel culture, but, like, I just see that as, like, justice. So, I don't know. Maybe that's not what cancel culture is at all. Maybe I've misunderstood the phrase this whole time. But, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. Positive episode. Uh, 
it's not, well, I take that back. That's not a negative thing. That's me trying to explain that I think it's strange that people are upset because, you know, their favorite actor, who they don't really know anything about, made a mistake. And now their fan base is turned on them. And it's very strange to me that, like, it's not, it's not okay. Like, I don't understand why people are so upset about it. If I made a horrible, if I made a horrible mistake in my life, I don't expect people to necessarily just forgive me because I'm sorry. Like, that's not how shit works. Uh, sometimes you make bad enough mistakes that people don't let it go. You you beat up your wife. Like, that's not things people necessarily have to be okay with. They don't have to go, oh, okay, well, they look sorry. Or they beat up their husband. That's okay. Well, they seem, they seem apologetic, so it's fine. So, we're gonna get off this one. What I was thinking was, because I recently got my color developer film stuff, I'm going to try and do that today. I am crazy nervous because I have never, ever, 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 ever done this at home. I did this a very long time ago when I was a high school student. And that was over 20 years ago, which is uncomfortable to admit, but still very true in my life. Um, so yeah, you know, it's that type of uh, it's that type of thing for me. But I'm I'm excited about it. I'm just nervous. There's this. I'm cutting ginger right now. I'm making a ginger water, ginger lemon water to drink all day, because I'm trying to be extra hydrated. But I also don't always love the taste of water, so. This is nice, it gives it a little flavor. It's gonna be a little spicy. I'm all about the spicy. Um, but yeah, the color. So color film. I've, I've been doing black and white, as you know, for a long time. And I'm buying, I bought all these cameras. And they've been really good, actually. I even gave a couple, I gave one away to a friend of mine who broke his camera. He thought it was pretty great because he accidentally broke his camera. And I mean, it's not an expensive camera that I gave him. Don't get me wrong. We're not making money, but <laughs> it was an extra camera I wasn't using and a lens I have never, I bought and I never used. So I gave it to him. He's doing cool stuff with that. And so, you know. I figured, why not? I gave, him, I gave him a roll of film, too, to go with it, so. Hopefully he'll do some cool shit and he'll show me. And if he shows me and he says it's okay, I'll show you. If he says it's okay. But I'm excited, you know? It's really cool. Hi, Momo. Ah, the dog. Maul. Maul has a fat liver because she is an old dog and is super lazy and doesn't move around at all. So we're trying to get her to do more. We're going out a lot. 
And then Tom's being Tom, naturally. And Mochi's yelling for no reason while walking around. She likes to do that. She likes to sing while she plays. It's a totally understandable, yet strange practice. Uh, understandable because I know that's what Mochi likes to do. Uh, strange because I still don't know why she likes to do it. But that's okay. I don't need to know why. <laughs> I just need to know she's all right. So, yeah. I'm going to try and... So I have a bunch of chemicals I have to mix together at certain temperatures. And hopefully... I don't think I'm going to mess it up. I don't think I can really mess it up. Uh, you just have to do it in the order in which they tell you to do it. So, with like the, the, the Blix and developer and the stop bath at the end or the, the fixer the fixer not the stop bath um so yeah i'm gonna do that and it's turned out really well good actually uh, i don't think i will do the live recording while that's going on it's gonna be a lot of running water because i have to heat up the water to like 108 in order to mix the chemicals so it won't be happening because it'll be difficult to hear me and it'll be a lot of noise so i am sad though my art store is still currently only doing pickups i can't go in which is understandable i mean i don't want them to get sick i don't want to get sick so but i'm still a little sad because i like my art store i like the people most of them so we'll see everything's coming together And she today we are gonna talk about colorism. If I can get this to work. Alright. Today we're gonna talk about colorism. Uh colorism is this is a Wikipedia definition. Discrimination based on skin color, also known as colorism or shadism is a form of prejudice and discrimination usually from members of the same race in which people are treated differently based on the social implications from cultural meanings attached to skin color. So basically, to summarize this for those who don't understand that language, uh, dark-skinned people in most cultures are treated poorly. Black people have, for a long time, had a very, you're either a very light-skinned person, you are a dark-skinned person. And I have apologies to make about that. I grew up in the South. I grew up with kind of conservative people around me. And I didn't realize that they kind of, well, they were colorist in a lot of ways. And I never really noticed that until I got older. And I thought about some of my cousins and people like that and how, like, Although they were very, they're very smart and they're very beautiful and they're very amazing people, I think, in a lot of ways. I was ignorant to their struggles. I'm a fairly light-skinned person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a West Indian man. Like, we're typically pretty light-skinned. Um, 
And some of my cousins are just, they're very dark-skinned, they're American, and they've, they've struggled, and they've had a really hard time. And I'm sorry I wasn't there for them, and I'm sorry if I ever made them feel different because they were darker skinned. Typically with people with darker skin, their hair's a little, their hair texture's a little different. It's a little uh, tighter as far as a curl goes. It's not typically, a lot of people choose not to have long hair because it's very difficult to grow it out because it basically kind of compresses every time it gets wet or anything of that nature. And so I, I just want to apologize. I, I don't know that I've done anything. But I'm sure I've had some bias against someone who was darker skinned at some point in time in my life, not be realizing that I was doing it. And I think a lot of times that's what matters. Like you, you learn because someone tells you and then you're forced then to no longer be someone who doesn't know, to choose to not know after someone has pointed it out to you as ignorance. But I think to not be aware of something essentially because you're brought up and you're not told about it is is a problem you know it's definitely a problem but it's not something you can control at that time but as you get older you definitely catch on to it one of the main reasons i started painting this the way i've been painting in the last i don't know 10 years is to fight against colorism like i found it one of those things where i started noticing that a lot of people uh darker skinned people in general weren't really shown as beautiful in the art world and I did not want to attribute to that. I wanted to bring people up. I wanted to make all these people feel like they were loved and celebrated and beautiful because they're all those things. And they should never be made to feel like they're not. And so that is my, my protest. I, I typically don't paint a lot of people with lighter skin textures simply because they've, they've had their moment in the sun. There are occasions when it happens, but for the most part, like, I try to paint dark-skinned babies. I try to paint dark-skinned men and women, etc. I try to I try to take pictures of people who are mostly dark-skinned, and I try and put them at the forefront because it's so many times, like, they've just not been able to do so. And that's, that's you know, to be looked at as beautiful or any of those things, and it's just... There's so much racism involved with it. It's that whole, we were taught that white was the was the goal. So don't go outside and get too dark. You lose your beauty and all that stuff. And it's just sad and it's awful and it's horrible. And I, I keep thinking about all these people who I knew when I was growing up and how people treated them so poorly and it never really occurred to me it was because their skin color was dark there wasn't really a huge difference between me and them they may have had more uh less eurocentric features and so they were treated like they were monsters and i as a young man just didn't know that's what was going on but now that i do i absolutely have to make up for that time and fight more for those people and so colorism that is colorism uh many of my projects that i've been working on the last i don't know like i said 10 years have been i started making sure that i was painting more people of color only people of color for a very long time and then i started trying to make sure i was doing more dark-skinned people of color 
just because like I think of my little sister and I think of all these my cousins and my friends and like my little mentees and stuff like that and like a lot of them are much darker than I am and they they're they're American they've grown up here they've been here their whole lives and they you know they're they're you see the way like society treats them you see the way like the law enforcement treats them and so on and so forth and i think part of that is literally the responsibility of of the artists that came before me because they didn't celebrate that as much as they should have they didn't pass that on more so i remember that, i remember hearing like the black of the berry the sweeter juice and like black is beautiful and all these things but i feel like it wasn't passed on to the generation straight up before me and definitely not my generation because i see like these things i see people make hashtags like team dark skin team light skin and i'm just like what the fuck is that bullshit like what is wrong with you motherfucker like no we don't do that shit we don't divide each other via some paper bag fucking apartheid scale like what are you doing no 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 no. and i say i see the hypocrisy in this because like i know how brazil is i know how brazil there's a million different ways to say you're black in brazil and discrimination is still very much happens there where it's they they like to celebrate very light eurocentric colored people push away native-looking people, push away black-looking people, even though those people make up the majority of the country. Like, it's not like in the U.S. White people are by far not the majority in Brazil, and they still don't understand this. They don't, you know, it took forever for, like, a Miss Brazil, I think, to even be black, to even be an Afro-Latino, you know? It's, it's insane. And I think a lot of times, like, the beauty... The standard of beauty is created by the artist, the artist, and how they make the artistas, and how they make these things, these portraits, these, 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 these ways of celebrating people and humanity. And it's so strange to see that people don't take responsibility for that. So I take responsibility. I make sure that the mistakes made with me are not passed on i think of like little jared who's like a kid who who like looks up to me he's a man now but he's he's a good guy like he wants to be a bot he wants to work out he wants to like work on trying to put some muscle on because he thinks that'll be cool and he wants to work on his music career and that's real cool and i want to do stuff for him and i think about little nile and nile wants to be like a trumpet player and i just think of all these amazing things and like my friend one of my best friends in the world netarari's son asked me one of his sons asked me he's like why do you paint birds and i told him the reason how they represent like children and like my childhood and freedom and all these things and he was like oh man i'm so glad i asked that question and i'm just like i want to bring up these people i want to make these people feel more special and amazing and and beautiful it's just so important to me. Like, I want people to feel the words, black is beautiful. I want them to say it. I want them to see all these things, but I don't want them to alienate. I want them to, you know, they can love Beyonce, but I don't want them to not like Nina Simone because they think 
because they find something ugly about her skin. Like, that's not, that's racist. <laughs> it's not okay. That's colorist. Um, we have to change that. We absolutely have to change that. We cannot have another generation go through this and live this way. Like, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. It's just, there's no, there's no point in this. We have to be more than the simple, silly, ridiculous, hurtful things that we do. One towards each other, but one towards ourselves. Like to fear going outside and playing with other children because you're worried that if you get darker, your family won't love you as much. Like that is a fear that people have in lots of other cultures. Like I think white people are probably the only people who don't worry about getting too tan when they go outside. They're like, oh man, the tan's so cool. And it's so funny when you see that because like they celebrate having a tan, but in the same aspect, like that culture was the culture that oftentimes taught a lot of people of color that darker skin was ugly and yet they want to have darker skin it's a strange someone said in a long time ago racism's hardest thing to go about is racism doesn't make any fucking sense like <laughs> it contradicts itself in so many different ways and it breaks down so many it breaks down so easily and is made to look stupid almost immediately because it just doesn't make sense. No one is better than anyone else. They're definitely not better than someone because of the color of their skin. Like, I'm, I'm, I can stay outside and not get a sunburn better than someone who has, light, who has much lighter skin than me. If anything, my skin is better suited for the sun than theirs is. And yet... I look at and then and yet I'm taught to come up and look at my skin like something's wrong with it. And there's nothing to say that anything's wrong with anyone's skin that's lighter. It's just it's ridiculous that we shame people and we look down on people who have darker skin. We assume they're not as intelligent or we assume they don't work as hard or we assume they don't do all these things. And it's such a like evil slave mentality. We have to stop that. We cannot forever ever ever have a generation that ever feels that way no one no no child of color should ever be made to feel bad about themselves for having skin that's darker than the child beside them like it hurts children it hurts adults particularly who grow up those children that grow up into adults but literally we're hurting children we're actively hurting children we can't do that anymore it's not acceptable. <sighs> no mas. So what are we going to do about it? That is the question. It is easy to point out the, the faults and things. And oftentimes very difficult to figure out how to fix them. And I don't think one person can fix them. I don't even think I myself can fix these things completely. But I know what I can do on my end to make it better. And so, you know, I'm going to paint more celebrational, celebrative, (laughs) jeez, not even a word. Uh, And yes, I know sometimes I speak broken English. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Like it's, I grew up the way I grew up and this is how I talk and this is who I am. And I don't think it makes me or anyone else sound less intelligent. It's just we're different than you. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. What I think I want to do to help fight colorism is I want absolutely to make more art that celebrates darker-skinned people from all cultures, period. I'm not going to celebrate celebrate super tan white people. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. It's ridiculous. And society already celebrates those people. I think, I personally, I think a super super tan white person looks kind of gross. To be honest, it looks, it doesn't look healthy to me. It looks like you burn. It looks more like sunburn than it does a suntan. I, I've I've just never I've never understood why people go to like tanning boots and stuff like that like just go outside and like live your life and as you go out more you will pick up a tan and it's like a natural tan though like an unnatural tan just looks nasty i remember a kid i grew up with who i don't talk to anymore who's kind of racist um she she tried to use that orange uh tan stuff and she put it on her face looked crazy um but she accidentally forgot to put gloves on or wash her hands so her hands were like a pumpkin color like a smeared up scratched up pumpkin color for like two weeks and it just looked kind of horrible it looked like like she'd been playing in like poop or something it was weird it was real weird or coffee and eh, probably more like coffee grinds but uh yeah so i would say go out do things uh, use sunblock everyone not just not just white people everybody use sunblock cancer and melanoma are real don't please don't i think it's probably the same thing um they're real don't be this way it's very silly and kind of stupid so please don't it would mean the world to me if you took care of yourself that would be nice because i love all you guys i really do it's just it's just necessary So, let's talk about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter because uh, there have been a lot of protests. They've painted it up on things. I tried to get a contract myself with the city I live in to paint a Black Lives Matter mural. It did not happen because I don't know why. I can only assume it had something to do with them being afraid of repercussions, which is to say they were afraid of the racist who would get upset. But that's okay. It's sad, but it's okay, because it's a thing we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Like, uh, a lot of people of color deal with racism, and I think a lot of people who have never dealt with racism are desperately afraid of dealing with racism. They're afraid with the circles in which they run in are no longer going to be able to run inside of, that they'll lose money and they'll lose these things. And they, in that, I think they miss the, they miss the simple aspect of, if you're worried about losing money because of racism, imagine how people who are actually affected by racism on a day-to-day basis are affected by racism. I'm going to have a moment of silence so people can sink that in. It's devastating. It's insane. <sighs> I remember... When I was in art school, a very long time ago, I painted this painting, this portrait of this woman's back. And I found it in a figure drawing. It was like the artist anatomy book. And it was this 
black, dark-skinned woman. She was nude, and she had her back turned, and her arms were stretched up. And you saw, like, her ass and her legs and her big, powerful back and her arms going up. And then, like, her hair was, like, in a bun. So I painted her dark blue. And I think I'd painted her hair, like, a brownish-orange. And I did, like, all these, like, sunflowers and shells in the background to make the background. I was really kind of... uh, imaginative with my backgrounds back then I just make this random crazy background so I was doing that and uh, it was just this it was this piece that I had tried to put into this gallery show and I realized they didn't want it and I didn't realize why until much much later and I saw the people who had actually won and they were all kind of there were people who had done nudity. They'd done nude paintings and figure paintings and so on and so forth. And the funny thing is the painting had just sold. So I had to borrow the painting from the person who had bought it to put it into the show. And after about a week or so, they gave it back to me because I didn't make it. And I was I was super sad about it. But I realized as time had gone by, like it was definitely like a, it was a racial aspect on it. Like the, all the people who had who'd gotten picked for it all had like very American very like Anglo names like Chad Smith and Darby Allen and so on and so forth sounded like a jalopy gelato you know or some type of apple Paltrow and stuff like that it was just they were very like these are not the names of people who like come to this country these are like affluent people's names because like most people who have names like that can't find jobs because the implicit bias of people if you don't know what that is i you gotta look it up i'm not gonna go into it because i just don't have the energy i don't know that i know the time i just don't i don't want to get caught off track of what i'm talking about so i remember asking the gallery owner i was like well i don't understand why i didn't get into this and they started to ask me all these questions they're like so have you ever done like the imposed the art on top of art thing because I think I had done it and then maybe there was like a bird zooming across the painting and I was like "Mm, yeah I've done it a couple times I really I liked it I saw it in an art book once and they were like yeah it just feels very it's not quite what we're going for and I was like okay that's fine and like I remember seeing like the next one and it was like this lady named Cynthia Cynthia was this amazing artist but Cynthia had done like nude paintings in color on blankets she found in at goodwill like these big quilts and like it looked amazing and she'd put like sewn in parts and beads and stuff like that and it looked incredible but there was no reason why like my piece her work was very good my work was good too though and it was just strange that like i couldn't get in on it and then i started talking to other artists who would try to get out on some shows and like they couldn't get out on those shows and so the next time a show came around, we all came together. We're a bunch of uh, men of color, and we all came together, and we had like a big show, and it was good, and it was great, and I got to meet all these people, and it was pretty amazing. But it was frustrating because, like, I I started to kind of realize like we had to come together in order to be celebrated. Like it had to be a color, it had to be a show of black men in order for it to be a show with black men. 
It had to be a show of black people in order for it to be a show with black people. It had to be a show of people of color in order for it to be... It had to be a show for people of color in order for it to be a show of people of color. And that was really frustrating. Like, when I when I hear Black Lives Matter, I think about all the people who died and how they shouldn't have died and how it screams, stop killing us. But it also means, like... We are, we make up culture. We make up the culture in which we all live in just as much as anyone else does. And it it blows me away and it hurts my brain to an extent that, like, we have to do all this extra stuff to exist in these circles. And sometimes we actually have to make our own circles so that we have somewhere to exist. And that's just very disheartening. I remember when I was in my 20s, I was invited to a show for Howard University that was 30 artists under 30, 30 black artists under 30. And I turned it down because I was like, I want to be known as like a great American artist, great West Indian American Afro-Latino artist, but I don't want to be known for just being an Afro-Latino or West Indian artist. I just want to be a great artist. And I feel like if I let myself get pigeonholed into these parts, then I'm not going to get to be an art. I'm not going to be thought of as just an artist. And I realize now, much, much later, how like, not so much that I threw away opportunities because I had lots of opportunities. So it wasn't the only opportunity I had, but I'm starting to realize now why people had stuff like that. Because if they didn't have shows like that, most of us wouldn't be allowed to be seen in these part in these areas like they're not giving opportunities to people of color in those in those situations so we have to make spaces for ourselves and it makes me sad one of my favorite shows on youtube is a show called get in the robot and they talk about like anime and all this stuff and a lot of times they talk about like colorism and sexism and homophobia and all these things but it also celebrates like the diversity and the storytelling and all these things and even talk about how a lot of it's just trash but it's you know but it's fun trash and they got canceled recently and then they started a patreon so they could bring it back for themselves so if you go to getting the robot patreon you can be a two dollar backer and stuff like that and it really helps really helps them come back together and it's just fun. I suggest you like go to their YouTube channel and check it out. It's really amazing. Just they're they're funny and they're fun and they're incredible. But it's one of those things where it's a lot of people of color, um, and it's a mix of you know they're white people who are also doing it with them. But there's a lot of like non non. Uh, there's a lot of like gay and lesbian representation and like black people and like open-mindedness and a lot of these things and actual asian people talking about asian things and and even like people who grow up in new york who are white who celebrate those things but they don't celebrate in like a make fun of it because it's there's not any racism thrown in it which i think is oftentimes a problem that's thrown in a lot of type of things but they made a space for themselves and they were really comfortable and they were doing well and it went away and now it's trying to come back and that makes me think like 
maybe what a lot of us need to do is come together and make a space for ourselves. Like I told an artist who's from D.C. recently, I said, if I ever actually start an art collective, like you are definitely in my top five people who I want to join. And I'm like, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And I was like, I just feel like, I feel like we struggle so much to try and make it on our own. And then we see some of these other places and I'm like, oh yeah, it's a big art collective. We do all these things and we do this and it's bohemia and et cetera. And I'm like, I want that. I really want that. And they're like, I'm sorry, there's no space. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm tired of waiting for a space to open up. I'm reaching my 40s and I'm going to make a space for artists. I'm going to make a space for a bunch of artists that I know and we're all going to come together and we're all going to make stuff. And like, I don't want to, I mean, I'm doing stuff with Nerdy Bebop and I, I love them and they're amazing and they are some of my favorite people in the whole fucking world. But I also want to make a space specifically to help young artists of color come up and work on their craft and come together and have shows and make their money and make their 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 message spread out and we have to we have to do that like we have to bring them to the next generation because i know my time although it's not ending my time that i've learned so much i need to pass on to other people particularly like young kids and stuff like that and the youth, as my, as one of my best friends says, the youths. <laughs> I just wanna, I wanna give, I wanna give back. I really do. It's important to me. I love, I love helping people, and I love feeling inspired when I walk away from something and go, "Wow, they do that," <laughs> and I haven't felt that for a long time. So. I have to create that. That's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find a bunch of artists. I'm gonna create an art collective. We're gonna make shows. And we're gonna do all these things. Just wait. You'll hear a you'll hear a rumble in the world, and that will be the cries from us remaking it. Not in a sad way, like in a joyful way. Like a lift every voice and sing with. Look it up. So yeah, that's the end of the episode. Hope you guys had a good time. I hope you learned a lot. I hope you had some interesting bits go on. <laughs> uh, please share, like, subscribe, tell people, do all that stuff for the Painter Files podcast. Uh, I'm Jaws Blake, as you well know. This is me saying Painter out. And I'll talk to you again with the next episode. Ciao.